You're listening to The Ripple Affect with your hosts, Cheech and Nippy, a podcast that explores how individual change has the capacity to affect the whole. From neuroscience to donuts, we're two sisters with a deep curiosity for ancient wisdom and modern knowledge, and we're obsessed with learning alongside you because we don't know. <laughs> Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Ripple Effect Pod and to our kitchen table talk style episode. These episodes are freeform, unstructured conversations between us sisters, Cheech, this is my voice, and Nibby, that's her voice. We want to try to keep these types of episodes raw and unedited for the most part. So full disclosure, what you're about to hear is Issa being a goofball because it was past her bedtime when we recorded. True. True story. You'll also hear a funny moment where I refer to you as our clan. I just want to clarify why we lovingly refer to you as such. For the full origin story of where the idea of the almost clan came from, listen to episode zero, our prequel. But to summarize, it's our family philosophy that nothing is meant to be perfect. And when you're in the pursuit of change and growth, almost is a pretty good pocket to be in because almost is not failure. It's enough. Referring to all of us, our community, as the Almost Clan, it's a reminder we're in it together and we're not going to get it perfect, but that's not the point. The point is acceptance, permission to be messy and try to do great things even though it's probably not going to go as planned. Okay, so let's get into the episode, Clan. Isa. At our table this week, the conversation happens to focus mostly on internal self-exploration. We dive into things like self-esteem, life design, and intrinsic motivation. If you were with us for our last Kitchen Table Talk, episode four, this is a continuation. As always, you're about to drop directly into a seat at the table mid-conversation. Enjoy. Self-esteem, that's something I'm working on. Like I could like high, I have high confidence and low self-esteem. I realized this actually after performing. I, I performed at this music festival and I performed burlesque and I was stopped by tons of people after the performance at the festival for the next for, for two days. I, I performed two nights and both nights. I had people coming up to me that I didn't know being like, you were my favorite. Like you were so good. And I realized, you know, I would graciously take the compliments, but I, I realized I was internal. My internal dialogue was like, like, that's not true. They're just being nice. Mm. Like that, that, and, and then I had to like, again, use data and rational thinking, like, nobody would just go out of their way at a music festival go talk to somebody and just say like something because they like were just wanting to lie to them like no, no like, one's that codependent like, that's not a, you, you know like what that doesn't make sense Issa. so I realized like this this was such a like great example because I'm confident enough to get on stage and perform and do well like I definitely know I'm a good dancer I know I'm a good performer and then to not be able to internally have the self-esteem to, to know like when it comes from somebody else that that's truth to receive it, to receive it correlated yeah. ability to have enough openness in yourself to receive a truth back. And that, that is, that is a self-esteem. I feel this is my own personal opinion. 
because that's what we're doing yeah. in these kitchen table talks yeah. is in my opinion <laughs> what is that from? <laughs> i made it up you just made up a french accent of opinion <laughs> whenever, right now? sometimes when i say opinion i like to say it like that in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> okay i like it i adopt it try it on sometimes i don't think i can even do that can i do it with when you're out with your friends and no one expects it <laughs> my opinion just, yeah just be like <laughs> I'm hey very guys bad. Yeah, no i think it's a, i think it's a good idea but you know what in my opinion <laughs> a bad french accent so i'm gonna have to figure out a different one that's a french accent pretty sure that's french accent oh now what are you doing (laughs) that was was your french accent you just went annabelle's shaking her head at me right now oh dude i have the best french character bad french accent character that i run with our niece annabelle that she absolutely loves and oh, it's really cool. insulting and because I'm not going to do it. it yeah, <laughs> it's not good. Not good. So she's an actor who should be able to, who can do a lot of accents. I cannot do a French one. That's funny. Okay, where was I going with that? Mm-hmm. Before my opinion mm-hmm. that you derailed me Sorry. on. Yeah, that's not. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, Your opinion of being able to take. Oh, no, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. My opinion of self-esteem is like that um, level to which you can um, self-assess and be open to um, others' assessment of you. And and my point was that self-esteem affects that self-assessment. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have that um, ability to go above a six, you know, you're always a five, you're always a four status. Where are you in the world? I learned this from uh, acting class, like, where are you in the world? What's your status? Everyone's doing it all the time. I compare myself to you, compare myself to the world, compare my, and it's an internal thing that happens. Like, oh, I'm this level of smart. I'm this, I'm a six in money. I'm a four in education. I'm a, we do this, not like exactly like this, but it happens kind of in, almost as a background, running in the background. And um, in acting, you do this so that you can learn how to raise your status and lower your, lower your status based on the different characters you're playing because you can't bring your status of life into if you're if I'm not a CEO and I want to play a CEO like a CEO has a different level of status in their life based on a lot of factors that that person and it's interesting to play have a it's funny in comedy you'll have a low status person like a person who has low status in life like they don't make a lot of money or they're a secretary or they're you know like the bus boy but have very high status if as a like as a character the, and that's funny because they'll t- the, the bus boy will talk down to somebody and you're like oh that's why is that funny because he's not supposed to have the status mm-hmm. and, the self- and the self-esteem that he has to be in this position we in life you know in, in our society put everybody in their place right mm-hmm. and so when I started to self-assess in this way and life design was something that I that definitely touches on self-esteem and how to grow it but it's like that how do I how do I measure up and if I cap myself out of five in any in any area no one's anything that comes in over that i'm not going to be able to register i'm not going to be able to take i'm not going to be able to receive i'm not going to be able to know what to do with that data because it's outside of my registry of what i've already claimed as an identity this is where i am in the world and that being able to dial it up um, doesn't mean ego as much as it means compassion i think because if you have that compassion for yourself, there's um, there's an ability to have the dial, the possibility of it being able to be moved. And I think that I think 
self-esteem, I think there's a lot to be said for the way self-esteem is originally built. Like we know how through parenting, like parenting styles, it affects children's self-esteem, which then affects adults in their self-esteem. So there, it's like your, your ability to have the self-awareness enough that you can solve a task or take on a problem or um, be independent enough to critically think and and work in the world and interact with others and have positive interactions like it's that whole gambit and that's why they say like you don't want to tell correct me if I'm wrong but it's like you don't want to tell a child um uh what is it you did this so well or reward based but you want to say good job for trying no there's a yeah it's actually interesting there's a really good psych study on that um where it's like a base at certain ages when like encouragement when they're young encouraging based off of their um effort effort is really effective but once you get to middle age what what age is that uh, like middle school middle school middle school age it starts to change because kids associate effort if you compliment them on their effort they they automatically think it's because their skill set is low whoa yeah there's like studies that show like they they're like oh they're only complimenting me on my effort because my actual intellect wasn't there whoa so yeah so you have there's like different approaches then you switch your approach and you but that's the thing like parenting there's so much to parenting taking a developmental psychology class and it's like that is (laughs) To all my parents listening, you have one of the most intricate balances of a job to do of anybody. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to do it perfect. And you're there's, <laughs> there's no way. just no possible way. There's too many factors. Yeah. There's too, a too, a too many variety of factors to hit them all. Yeah. But we do know there are basic ones that do help especially in self-esteem and, and, and regulation, emotional regulation. And I feel like knowing those, you've kind of, as you're taking this class, excitingly share information with me. And what I gain is actually looking, being able to look at my childhood and be like, oh, what did I not get? And then figure out how can I give that to myself now? Because it's possible. It's like, yeah, yes, I probably am handicapped that I didn't get it at the age that I needed for development. But if I know that I didn't get that, at least I can have compassion for why I I not am the way that I am. It's not about blaming my parents in any way at all. But it is this like, oh, okay, well, I didn't get that. So I'm going to have a harder time. Developmentally. I am. I'm just going to have a harder time. It's going to take more um, time or effort or something, more therapy, more, you know, tools to do this thing than if someone who did have that when they were growing up yeah but like dr thayer said you can rewire your brain yes like there's no reason you can't if you're if you give yourself that and you create that feedback loop that like oh when i do this this happens okay cool i can keep doing that and you can change anything that's so encouraging yeah it really is like i feel complete (laughs) 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 we we cut off from um a lot of different places actually this conversation yeah, it feels we, like a little yeah, bit all like over I, I feel like i didn't i feel like i didn't like come back i feel like there was thought processes that are just like 
threads in the wind. I'm like, wait, I feel like I was going to come back to that point and I didn't. Which honestly, these ca- these kitchen table talks are going to probably have those. So if listening, listeners, our fellow clan members of the Almost <laughs> Clan. Don't say clan members. Oh, that, I can't say that. We cannot say I that. meant our Almost Clan members. Oh my God, we have to call them a crew. We can't call them a clan. We got to ah, call them a crew. the Almost Clan. You keep trying to call them crew and I like clan. Okay, let's take a vote. All the listeners. No, we get to decide. Uh, You're right, actually, which we should take a poll if they're going to be a part of the community. So this is what I was saying. Clan or crew, if you can help us out with these kitchen table talks and we lose a thread that you're actually interested in and following up, can you DM us and tell us, hey, yo, you fucked up. You you didn't finish that goddamn conversation. um oh okay wait, wait. i will say <laughs> <Go for laughs> you no. remember what you were i remember say. yeah i was gonna say you were asking how i learned how to dialogue with myself that was one of the things i wanted and to. um i think it's i can't remember like the very beginnings of it but yeah, neither could i on mine all of a sudden i just was like i know how to do this but yeah i mean i think i would i think it was after doing like inner child work and where did you with, learn with that? Uncle Bruce? Oh, so more recently. Yeah, yeah. Well, well it was probably like five or six years ago. Oh, now. yeah, because you started working with him before we took that class in 2020. Yeah, I worked with him for quite a while before that. Maybe even and because seven years ago. They don't know who Uncle Bruce is. He is in an episode. Oh no, they would have just listened to the episode of Uncle Bruce when this is going to come out. Yeah, okay, perfect. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So it was it was with Uncle Bruce and. Oh, we did an inner child rescue um, session where uh, oh, it was such a beautiful experience. So it was a combination of some somatic healing, polarity therapy, and an inner ch- inner child rescue. Um, I don't know what I was working with him quite a bit at the time, so it was like a, I can't recall exactly what that specific session was. But in the inner child rescue is when I really got in touch with the the inner child in me, and then I naturally after connecting with that part of myself realized oh there was a lot that she didn't get that she needed when she was a kid i will reference like aca which is and can you say what aca is adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families it's a 12-step program support group nice which is um another place and tool that I've used to help one come to grips with the fact that that was that (laughs) and break denial around it, which was really challenging, but really, really, really helpful. Um, but I started dialoguing with myself then. And then through ACA is, you know, you learn how to become your own loving parent and start to dialogue and even distinguish it within yourself when it's like your inner child, like, or your inner teen. Cause my inner teen comes out too and gets really angsty and is very, a lot of attitude, a lot of like, fuck you. I don't want to do this. Like I've met that person. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you lived through that person. I lived through it. No, she I was still te- lives in me. I was teasing. You come out, that comes out every once in a while. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, that, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My inner teen comes out and just like, yeah, annoyed and angsty. That's the best way I can say it. Annoyed by everybody in the world, you know, thinks she's like got it all figured and everyone's idiots. And it's <laughs> like, no, come on, like come back down. But um, 
yeah, so those two places have really helped me to do that. And then honestly, it's just like a personal, I think anytime you're talking to yourself, it's a personal thing. So, um, like I talk to my body, I talk to my, I've always talked to my body. I talk to my, I talk to my guides. I talk to my angels. I talk to like, I like have a working dialogue going, um, yeah so that like it's kind of all this it's all very similar it's like a similar thread of communication that isn't with another person which I think is takes a little bit of a muscle to do and it takes and I think listening you talked about like feeling all your feelings which is like a it's like a practice and a muscle like and also I want to um put in the show notes like the the feelings wheel have you ever worked with one of those I think through to be honest acting but so, not necessarily through a therapeutics. Yeah, the feelings wheel is really good if you're just starting to get like in touch with feelings because one way for you to up your EQ and they teach us in psychology, which is your emotional intelligence, is to up up your emotional vocabulary. So when you know more words that are associated to feelings, then you can better describe what you're feeling and you can start to get into the nuance of what you're actually feeling. Like shame versus grief and pity versus anger versus angst versus pissed off versus you know there's just there's a very wide range as humans of what we feel and the language thing too like different languages have different words for different feelings so we're limited by our language even but um I think that's like a really good resource to start to just like tune into oh what is that and where it is in your body that's a big thing can I add one thing before you move on from that atlas of the heart from Brene Brown is her newest book and it goes in depth into a certain amount of categorical um a certain amount of emotions that have been categorized through her research and what they look like and what people talk about and it, it was and is so helpful for me um, i actually bought it for a friend and realized like i want to buy that by the hard copy for myself to as a reference kind of guide of learning about these emotions and um, the names, the naming of them just because of exactly everything you just said. So I wanted to throw that out there as a, as a resource as well for people. It's, it's brilliant. It really is. If you don't know Brene Brown's work, Brene Brown's work, um, I would encourage everyone to yeah, she's a familiarize shame. yourself. She's a shame and vulnerability researcher and she does qualitative research, which is, um, the collecting of stories is how she talks about it. Yeah. Qualitative versus quantitative would be your statistics. Your, how many people, what's the statistics behind it? And qualitative is the f- emotions and the emotions and what people say and how, and she did interviews. Whole, she, interviews and she did a whole study of, um, the wholehearted and read those books. And then it just kind of continually deepened her research. She's a researcher. Um, and so I think her, books and her the latest is is a real deep dive into emotions and it's useful like for all the reasons you just said so I just want to I want to read that yeah yeah because I think yeah just learning that that's the game is to figure out what's going in you going on in you in me I can only speak for myself like that's the game is someone asked me like what do you like what do you want to do because I get like I get so what am I doing with my life and such a deep ambivalence like I want this but no I want that and so many different things going on that like it can be challenging for me to have like the groundedness at times and the self-confidence and to like make clear decisions for myself and um someone asked me like well what do you really want and I was like I just want to I just want to keep exploring myself and figure like 
keep figuring myself out on deeper and deeper levels. Like, I just want to keep going to like classes and courses and just like keep deepening my relationship with myself. Like, that's what I really want. I just want to keep going there. I just want to keep going in and deeper and see what I find, you know, um, more than anything, like more than any career, more than any like trip or, you know, anything. And so I think that's the game is to learn as much as we can about ourselves. Yeah. And the, as you were talking, I kind of had this thought of how it can sound, um, selfish or it can be deemed like selfish or, uh, self-indulgent or different things in, in kind of an, and another time might have, I might've looked at that and been like, Oh, that's not like worthy of self of exploration self. But now I, I just really, it's the opposite because for me, I, like I can also only speak for myself, but the, the journey within um, reflects anyway on the outside, you know, to the degree that I don't know myself is, and I've been there, you know, like I didn't know what I know now about me. And it was a lot harder in my experience to be the person who didn't know about me. And I think that's like a normal coming of age. Yes. You know, process is like, oh, I was like, oh, I was like completely aloof to myself my entire 20s, you know, <laughs> maybe not entire, but this is a big, good chunk of it. And then to just start that journey of knowing yourself and like it really is just like a natural progression of being human. Mm-hmm. I and agree. We've talked about that before of like the when you look back and you're like, oh, like that's what I believed. Or when you when you recognize like, oh, that's a that's a coping mechanism trauma. And then or, you know, that's a program or you just see the version of yourself from before and you're like, oh, that that wasn't me. Like all of that was like this happened to me in CODA and Codependence Anonymous where they read they read the they read like the laundry list like if you're codependent you may have these attributes and they say like this isn't a a, sen- a sentence this is just like a a way to help you get to know yourself better Some, something along those lines you know and when they read it I was like oh my god like I have all the, like I have all of those characters like all of those things are true for me and then I realized like if that's just the characteristics of this thing then who am i underneath this thing and what's the thing in coda it's a, it's a, like a laundry list like no but of like if i'm the characteristics of this thing which is being an adult codependent being oh, okay being yeah. codependent yeah so coda is yeah codependence anonymous yeah so that's like the way you interact like even you were talking a little bit earlier about um measuring yourself against people in the world and that's a very codependent action because then you're looking to something outside of yourself to have it be a marker to compare yourself to and adjust yourself whereas you know when I stopped doing that I was like oh my god I have so much extra energy like I'm not constantly scanning and reading are you better than me or am I better than you like how do I adjust myself to d- match this situation fuck dude that is exhausting yeah it is it's so ex- and I still fall back into it I'm not like fuck healed from my codependence <laughs> but like it's helpful to know I don't have to do that and that's not just me that's not part of that's not who I am that's like a characteristic of this coping mechanism but it's not like my end all it's not part of my char- character I guess or like 
it's not Issa. It's just like, oh, that's that's just the codependence. That's okay. You know, the separation between it makes it something I can interact with as opposed to like be my identity. Yes. So well said because identity shifts are change synonymous with change. And a huge way to change is to shift. Cut your hair, change your life. <laughs> and and I, I am also a beautician. So I like that's legitimately true. Oh, yeah. And people change their image and it changes them. And in th- that's so crazy you say that because in life design, one of the things after the self de- self um, self esteem module, uh, there's image like in the self esteem module, there's image like how do I see myself? How do others see me? What there's so much to that. Can you say a little bit about life design? Because you've mentioned it a few different times, but you haven't. We haven't, I don't, if someone was listening and they didn't know what that was. Right, right. I thought I mentioned it in maybe like the prequel, but. But the, not everybody's going to listen. Yeah, not everyone's going to listen. The life design was designed. Life design was a class taught by two Stanford professors that they would um, uh, teach the incoming freshmen to allow them to see their career paths and their time at Stanford not as something to. Um, go like the one path of like this is how it has to be to open themselves up of how to go about looking at life from a pro a design perspective so you're prototyping and running experiments to see what the best thing for you is and it was all there's also a huge module in it of how to get jobs from the perspective of having curiosity conversations instead of applying for things (laughs) i read that book long before i had heard of like probably i don't know 10 years ago yeah it's been around for a while yeah and um i think i gifted it to connor at the time and um connor's our nephew our nephew connor and then I read it and I started doing, there's like an online coursework you can do with them now or then um, started doing that. And then years later, Kiata started teaching life design with um, her friend and they were doing, they were doing the, what they were teaching, which was doing a prototype and doing a beta of what this would be like to run people through this course. And I volunteered to be one of the people in the course and it was an wonderful experience it was it it was so helpful to get into the designer's mind about life things because I think for me I constrict around the binaries of things of like okay it's either going to be like this or it's going to be like this and I have to figure it out and I got to get it right and I got to figure out where am I going what am I doing I need to get a job I need to do this I need to do like it just like like just spins out you know and to be in a creative space but looking at different options that you have for yourself was so much more playful and freeing and exploratory, exploratory and fun. Yeah, and that's kind of the aim is to let yourself think like a designer. And I really took to that work because I am a designer. Like I went to school at least to be a designer and I uh, interior design and I practiced interior design building, designing homes when I first was out of college and um, I still do it as like a hobby, helping friends, you know, with their, they're not decorating. I'm not a great decorator, but I am a good designer because you learn the skills of how to look at the world through um, problem solving. 
and not and I think I said this in the second trailer too it's like there's that we had we put out a second trailer kind of talking a little bit about who we are about um, broccoli it was all about broccoli. it was not about broccoli Isa has this really she's really stoked because she has this Dana Carvey impersonation that she does <laughs> and chopping made... broccoli and people laugh no it was not people it was Amber my cousin Amber she said she laughed out loud at a red light and I just mic dropped I'm like I can I can go on with my life <laughs> I did it I made Hambone laugh at a red light it's a good feeling if you could make Amber laugh I agree and so broccoli yeah that's what that whole second trailer's about people so get your greens <laughs> I uh but yeah I talked about it there but um just to say briefly I I think that it affected the way that I look at the world through like oh um problem solving like is what you do when you're faced with challenges and there is a collaborative um, effort in it in terms of like, I can't solve all the problems by myself. One, I'm going to need, I get to work with others to solve these problems because it works better when you do. And the idea of a design isn't finished. It needs to be prototyped. Like you put a design together and then you run it through a bunch of minds or you let people test it or you, um, that's like product design and interior design. It's like, you literally create models so you can walk yourself through the space, little mini models to see like, does this work? Is there enough space that a wheelchair could come in and move this around? And you're very hands on with things. And to look at life like that was, I just took to that way of doing things because it made sense to me and it freed me up as well to think like, oh, there's not one life I have in here. There's a lot of lives that I have in here. What's the one that's going to make me the most satisfied and then it's going to change and I get to do this again when I'm not as satisfied in that thing that I choose to go and do and the way to start that process is to self-assess because before doing life design I didn't have um, you know a metric of what brought me satisfaction you know I didn't know that eating chocolate and staying in bed late and playing with my puppy or um, exercising through sport instead of through discipline was something that I, and I didn't know that those were what naturally brought me energy. I didn't know that convenience was something that was, I highly valued. So I will spend money on convenience because it will bring me like so much more energy and, and joy. I didn't know that about myself. And when I started to build or design a life, I had to know who I was designing it for. So I had to know myself. So it, circles back to like that journey within so that you can go and play without like on the outside and externally. And I think those are, um, th yeah, that's my gain from that. I think this is a good time for, Oh wait, what? At the beginning of this episode, the beginning of this episode, you talked about, you talked about <laughs> choice, 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 choice. <laughs> She's so Stop. What are you doing? Dude, this is the most pointless. Sometimes I'm like, are we really doing do this? Do you think Taylor Swift's hand gets tired Jesus holding Christ. a mic like this? I don't know, dude. Like, my hand is tired. <laughs> I'm holding this you mic. You need to shape up. She's got to have, like, do you think she has one of those, uh, like, exercise squeezy hand things? I don't know. She probably does. I'm sure her fans know. Like, can a fan? She has Lulu and Sophie. Yeah, we do need to ask them that, but I don't think they'll know that. Lulu and Sophie are our nieces. We have several nieces and one nephew. There are identical twin nieces. Yes. And then we have our other niece. 
We're not going to go to the whole family tree, are we? <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, choice. Choice. choice but, but after the break, we're going to take a little mini break. But first. I got to call my husband. A break. He called me twice. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me up a piece of that. Sing it. Sing it along in your car. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Good job. You're going to freak people out coming off a break. <laughs> no, cut that, Kiara. Cut. No, I'm not gonna cut it no please cut it. I, I feel embarrassed. I feel embarrassed. You, know, you shouldn't say it. It's recorded. No, cut it. No. You need to cut it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to that space or where our sponsors are going to go. <laughs> and we're back. Um, we were just talking about choice in terms of prototyping. And I just wanted to like say a little bit more about that life design thing and that the basis of it is that you can look at your life and you can have some line up some things that you feel you're trying to make a decision about or you think might work for you and instead of just trying to think your way into those or understand from a place of cognitive only it encourages you to be in action by prototyping some of those things out you want to write a book like talk to someone who's written a book and ask them about what that could be like uh take a course on it or these little mini experiments that are within your means within your money budget things that you can do um that are free or you know experiential or conversations which are conversations are usually free that let you know more about that thing you're going to do and it can give you data points on whether or not you want to keep knowing more mm-hmm. or that, no, that actually isn't the reality of that thing that I thought is just romanticized. And really, I'm trying to fulfill a need otherwise. Yeah. And that that provides why why choice, why I felt like it, it leaned into choice was like a lot of times you do feel like you have to make a choice. You have to go down one, one path. You have to follow one passion. And the reality of it is you haven't collected enough data to know whether or not you have you are at the place of making a choice yet that's why i think it's so hard for the pressure we put on like the youth to decide on their careers through college is just i I don't think it's healthy or fair and that's what this course was designed for this is why they did it and i find it to be very helpful Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you you were gonna remember what you wanted to say about choice but that was what i wanted to wrap up no but i definitely encourage I encourage everybody to do that because I've done that in my life. And then incrementally, you know, first figuring out, yeah, okay, is this something I really like or is this something I like the idea of? I did that with like flying lessons and I've done, I did it with modeling. And, and then after you get to the point and you, you discern for yourself, yeah, I do really enjoy this. This does give me, I do have intrinsic motivation to do this. It does give me something I am. I do want to keep going than to incrementally figure out what your steps are. Yeah, to break it down. To break it down into really small steps. So I do want to encourage any anybody listening, like if there is something that you've thought of multiple times, like that you like you maybe don't talk about it, but you want to do it, or like maybe you do talk about it and you have tried before and you haven't been able to do it, but to keep exploring it to to call people to reach out to find out more information and then 
figure out if if it's true if it's really true that you do want that thing and why and why that's such a big part of it is why and it's hard there's so many things where vocabulary like modern vocabulary has dulled things for me like like the whole like know your purpose like know your why know Mm. your why it's so thrown around but there is like a lot of value in the raw version of that your heart access yeah and just like really knowing your why because sometimes your why is based in fear sometimes your why is based in like some childhood need that wasn't met sometimes your why is based in like a need for love that you can give yourself in other ways Mm. you know so it's like knowing what is underneath that desire and you said a word intrinsic motivation a second ago I learned this from you and you were taking, I don't remember what class, but you shared about this. Human motivation. And it blew me away. So I don't know. It's late. I just want to recognize this. It is Isabel's witching hour, if you haven't already (laughs) noticed. So I don't want to like put you on the spot and we can come back to it in a tactical, but just briefly, like you threw that out there and I think it was a fascinating kind of topic. Yeah. So intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is like um, getting a good grade on a test. You know, there's something outside yourself that motivates you to go towards that thing. Um, it, it, the most classic are either positive or negative reinforcement. Um, but intrinsic motivation is an internal um, desire to do something. And it has nothing to do with an external source or um, achievement base. You know, intrinsically motivated to, I don't know, engage, everybody's so different, engage with your houseplants or do your hobby or you know whatever whatever it is this podcast (laughs) was an intrinsic motivation for us we didn't have I mean we obviously have a mission and a in a broader sense hope why of a why yeah but we want to do it because we want to do it yeah for ourselves you know there wasn't like a we want to do this because it'll get us this thing and is intrinsic or ex, how do you say that? Extrinsic? Ex- extrinsic, I think. Extrinsic. How, is one better than the other? Have they proven that like there's like a, do you need both in your life or no. is one more powerful? No, I don't know that one is better than the other. I I don't, I think they both serve different purposes. Mm. Um, and I don't know that you necessarily need both in your life, but most likely you already have both, whether you're registering them or not. Um, and I think both can be healthy in balance. Mm, I think mm -hmm. if you have too much extrinsic motivation, it can create pressure, pressurized and create stress can create anxiety. Um, but if you have the right amount that, you know, if you're being challenged the right amount, it's just like learning. Like if you, when you're learning something that's above there's what is it oh god there's a threshold right yeah there's a threshold there's a certain there's a specific word for it um phrase for it that this one psychologist coined and i can't think of it right now but um there's like a window in which you learn things when they're just above your current base of knowledge and that's how you really grow and learn so if if i were to you know, if you're learning a new language and I tell you, okay, now here's your base of your knowledge. And I tell you a few more words to add on to it, to make a sentence that makes sense. And you already know three of the words that are in the sentence. And I'm just adding 
two more, one more, you grab it and you learn it and you can associate it. But if I give you 20 words that you don't know right off the bat, it's overwhelming and you can't assimilate that information. So I think it's the same with like any, any form of learning, any, anything you want to be able to be in that window where it's challenging you, but it's not overwhelming you. Mm. You have the, you build that skill set up until you can keep growing in it and it doesn't just overpower you. And do you think there's a negative of having too much or too little intrinsic motivation, I guess too little. Sure. If you're not motivated just for your own sake of things, but too much, does that, do you have a reflection on whether that is too imbalanced? What would that look like? Well, if someone... we have like societal, you know, we have societal stuff. We have to, we have societal stuff we have to take into account. So if someone's just completely intrinsically motivated, you know, yeah, that could, that depending on the person and the situation that could go very wrong (laughs) you know because you could be intrinsically motivated to eat pringles on your couch all day like there's not you know that i think that we all we have a motivation such a cool topic i I know a whole class on human motivation let's do and i think that would be really fascinating for everybody to hear about and learn about because that's a big part of change and a big why is it you know why don't we have the motivation to do the things we want to do yeah we asked ourselves that you and me and we can hack we can hack that to a certain extent you know when you know more information about how how the human is motivated and ways to ways to kind of hack the brain patterning of motivation is really helpful yeah i I hear a tactical of this a tactical episode that we can bring you that are more concrete concise concrete um, researched um, deep dives into yeah. one topic that yeah, we can there's provide. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Self-determination theory. There's there's a lot. Yeah, let's there. go into it. That's exciting. I want to learn more about that. So I, I, I want to go back just for one brief second when you were talking about back. choice. Oh. What are you doing now? Remember that Nelly Furtado song? No. <laughs> yeah, come on. No one else does <laughs> nobody, either. Nobody catches it. Damn. You're tired. I got to work on my singing. <laughs> okay. Not on the podcast. Once again, not a karaoke line. This was a bad idea to give her yes, these type of mics. Karaoke. Okay. Here we go. I want to go back really briefly and then we'll wrap this up is when you're look, when you were talking about, um, I'm sweating someone trying to, <laughs> this is, I'm going to deal. This is what I'm going to deal with with kitchen table talks. Okay. <laughs> Take off your sweatshirt, bro. I'm so I'm just going to give her a pause. She doesn't make a bunch of noise on her. <laughs> now she's purposely making noise. Um, it's hot. You are making a lot of noise. <laughs> All right. So going, yeah, you shush yourself. Okay. Going back just briefly to help someone and it's pulling from life design again. But when you were talking about, um, Take it back. you know, wanting to help way back. try to make a decision, try to help, yourself in certain things uh, making lists of those things I don't think you said that but I'm saying it you are and having someone help you ideate so ideation is such a powerful tool because if you don't if you only think there are three um, steps you can take when you're talking about breaking down something into a small step right having someone else reflect back to you other ideas outside of your own that could work to explore a topic or a change you're thinking about making is so powerful because you are limited 
you know, I would be limited in the way that I would think because I only have my experiences and I, I, I'm living the life. So I think that there are limitations. I'll bring my own limitations in. Were you going to say something? Yeah, but I would just be, I would advise to be really careful who you bring those things to with is because in business, um, that's like something you really want to go to people who have done the thing that you're doing before who are, you know, your version of successful at that. And that can be very, look very different for whatever, you know, from a master gardener to like a CEO, whatever it is that you're trying to learn more about. Um, and you want to have a conversation with them to help them inspire more, more to help them inspire broader thoughts for you on that, whatever subject it is. Right. So that was what I was going to go to next. Thank you. Cause it's like, it's not just anyone, first of all. It's someone who, and in life design, you know, it's obviously your life design, like, partner. Someone you've chosen, who you've opened up with. And then, like, I'm doing this thing that is, you know, trying to ideate. And I need not, there's a certain way to do these things, which is, like, reflection work. You're not really looking for advice. You're also not looking for someone to, you know, negate the idea, tell you why it's not a good idea or that you should do something else. But you are looking to ideate on other ways that you could explore that idea. Mm, that makes sense. And if you could get someone to tell you when you're trying to, you know, partner with someone, like, tell me more about why this thing's interesting to you. When when I heard you talk about that, when you were talking about gardening, you really lit up just then, reflecting back their own interests. Like, when you talked about this, you sounded really, like, not so interested. You sounded just being able to have someone reflect back to you what it is that oh, you're okay. lighting up is. So when when you said that, sorry, I took that wrong. I think there might need to be a little clarification. So to have somebody else observe you talking about the thing you're wanting, you're designing, you're prototyping out, and just we pay attention and look for what what you see in me, where I actually get genuinely excited about that, yeah, and help me help me like decipher which ones you know I really have more energy around and and to talk more about those things mm -hmm. so it's like oh yeah you really lit up and the partner can tell you ask you like what more um what more is interests you about gardening what more interests you about um, bringing this into your life and you can start to rec go you'll open up more which goes back to like knowing yourself better because sometimes it does take prompting from and that's therapy too it takes prompting from somebody outside of yourself good friends good conversations to open you set yourself up to go oh yeah no that is why yeah have you ever been in a conversation where you hear you're like you're articulating something and you realize like at I've the same time you're like i've never thought of it that way before but that is how i feel about yes. it that happens to me a lot and i've realized it's verbal processing mm -hmm. I verbally process so conversations are really key to me and having them with people who can have long in-depth conversations yeah. I definitely get to verbally process and that's where I come to my own recognitions is it 9 30 it is yeah on the dot I don't think so it's 9 37 oh we gotta go all right you blew it that's it we're wrapping up <laughs> <laughs> I have to call my husband yeah she said she would call him at 9 30 She's late. She's late for a very important date. <laughs> okay, till next week. Love you, crew. Take care. Okay, I, I think we did it. Listen, I don't know what we did, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, unattainable ideals are overrated. We're way more connected and deserving than society's false sense of separation dictates us to be. 
you're not just one person, you're enough. Your effort is enough and change is possible. Question the standard that says otherwise, because what if almost is good enough? Just by tuning in, you're a part of our clan. Not in a culty way though. <laughs> we don't know how far this ripple can go, but we're going to keep showing up and we'll never get to perfection, but we're all going to be okay if we let the process be the solution and we see the value in the attempt. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Ripple Affect. We're looking forward to exploring a different facet of change with you next Tuesday. Same time, same place, next week. For show notes and additional resources, check out our website at rippleeffectpod.com. That's affect with an A. Kiara has worked diligently to make our website interactive. Please visit it so it wasn't all for nothing. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, there's a ton of resources there. DM us directly at Ripple Effect Pod on Instagram and let us know what you liked about our show or any of your own ideas. We're really excited to hear from you. We value your feedback because it helps us make the pod better and it's our way of including you in our process. Okay, so ratings aren't the point of why we do this. We really want to make a change in the world. But in the matrix, there are algorithms. So yeah, every single review we get helps the ripple go farther. To help us out, please take two seconds, find the ratings and review section on whatever platform you're listening from, click five stars, wink, wink, and leave a review. We know you're busy. So just saying hello or literally hi as the review helps us hack the matrix. We sincerely appreciate it. If you want to become officially initiated into our clan, again, not in a culty way, hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we're in it with you. Keep questioning. Stay curious. You got this, clan. A special thank you, love, and credit to the magnificent Mia Casasanta for this beautiful music you're listening to right now. <laughs>